All right, everybody. It is Thursday night. That's right. You heard me correct. Thursday night, December 15th, 2022. This is the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, part of the ChairShot Radio Network. You can find us on thechairshot.com. I am your host, the man with the award-winning beard, DJ. I'm going to go around the room here and introduce this interesting cast of characters I have with me tonight. Starting first from the Rob the Genius Podcast, the Minister of Truth, the Father of Facts and Figures, the Deacon of Data, <coughs> the official shoot bear of the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, and the man with the golden shovel. Rob, how you doing tonight, bud? All right, good to be back. Glad to have you, as always. And hailing from the Purple Haze and Cloud Nine, Bucky's tag team partner, a man destined to go through a barbershop window, and a retail worker. Jason, what's up, Bubba? Doing well. How are we doing, fellas? We are we are trucking along this week, my friend. Uh, it's been a it's end of year for us, which gets a little busy because patients, uh, people's deductibles are rolling over at the first of the year. So they're all of a sudden in a mad rush. You know, they've had 11 and a half months to have their cataract surgery, but they wait until December 1st <laughs> to say, hey, I need yeah. it right now. I'm like, you got about 112 people ahead of you and we have two weeks left. <laughs> let, let me explain how this is going to work. Right. <laughs> so want to start off tonight. I started doing something a little different last week. Just wanted to do a uh, little mental health check, uh, you know, not only with my, my co-hosts here, but with you, the listeners. But also wanted to bring up something. Uh, we had um, another another tragic celebrity death this week due to suicide. And I kind of wanted to address this one real quick because this one I took a little bit personally. Uh, two days ago, Stephen Laurel Boss, better known to uh, fans as Twitch, uh, dancer, uh, DJ, actor, just all around talent, uh, passed away on the 13th, apparently of suicide. Um, this one, this one kind of hit me in the feels because I was first introduced to Twitch on So You Think You Can Dance season four. And he was actually my pick to win it that year. And I think he made it to the semifinals, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then he went on to subsequently be on a couple other seasons, like a, like a, what do they call it, uh, like a best of the best type of thing in a couple of seasons. He was a judge for a couple of seasons. He's done some acting, different movies, different TV shows. And, you know, I, I got the news on that. And I was like, God, that sucks because the dude had such a good energy, such a good vibe, had such a hell of a personality on the show. And just you, you never know what someone's going through. And people were posting from his TikTok. He seemed reasonably happy and yeah, just from personal experience, I know that that's that's not always the case. You, you can look at somebody and they when you're used to dealing with depression, you learn to put on the face and you learn to you learn to hide it. You learn to go through the motions. And as as we always say, you know, reach out. Don't suffer alone. Call the crisis hotline. Nine eight eight suicide prevention line crisis hotline. Call that. Talk to someone, even if you don't have a professional that you can talk to. I'm uh, going to go around the room here and talk to my guys. Jason, I know you just got off vacation. You and your lovely wife spent some time in New York City. Had to be good for the soul and good for the mental health. I mean, you look at this and I mean. Uh, look else? at that guy. He's eyeballing you, though. <laughs> yeah, he's. And hey, not for nothing, but. There's a window over your right shoulder <laughs> and, and the dog over your left shoulder. Yeah, so it's not looking good for me. But uh, mental health check. I am doing very well. Um, obviously, we just came back from vacation. We did a little whirlwind trip Tuesday, Wednesday um, for uh, for 
Christmas. And of course, today being my lovely wife's 39th birthday and Christmas being her favorite thing. Uh, uh, then, so we went to New York, we went to Times Square, we did all the New York stuff. We did, you know, with Manhattan, we stayed down in Manhattan. We went to Madison Square Garden for Mariah Carey's Christmas Spectacular. You can watch on CBS at eight o'clock on December 20th. It was quite the show. You know, the Rockettes were there. Drew Barrymore was there for some reason. It was absolutely delightful. Uh, we did the, all the Christmas stuff. We did Rockefeller Center. We did Macy's. Uh, we did Bry uh, Bryant Park. We did we did Central Park. We tried to hit as much of it as humanly possible, and it was amazing. And I was so out of touch with, like, I, like I barely paid attention to Twitter and wrestling and, and you guys and all that stuff. I occasionally, like, <laughs> sent you guys some pictures. And was just Jason like, was right, off yeah. the grid for, like, 48 hours. Like, usually we hear from Jason, even if he's busy – or if he and the wife are like out on like a day date or something like that, Jason usually checks in maybe two or three times a day. Jason was like radio silence for like 48 hours. And then I come back to, you know, no one's talking about underpants fighting. We're talking about all the real life political bullcrap of, of the wrestling sphere, which I'm sure we'll get into in a little bit. So that was kind of a bummer because I was like, oh, you know, I want to float back in and talk about some underpants fighting. But you know what? We'll get there. And, we're going to uh, talk about a little bit of underpants fighting tonight. We had a premium live event this weekend that we're going to discuss, NXT Deadline. Uh, wanted to tell you, man, nobody does Christmas like New York City. Yeah. Like, no, of it, all it, the places I've been around Christmas time, New York, when I, the year I spent in New York, in New York City, what the Christmas time was just awesome. Uh, going up and down Fifth Avenue, doing the window shopping there. Yeah, Bryant Park was one of my hangouts when I was up there. But I saw pictures of you guys from Bryant Park, and I popped. I was like, ah, because yeah. I used to go there when the weather was nice. There was, if you go just another block downtown and make a right, mm -hmm. uh, Midtown Comics is right there. Yeah. So yeah. I would go to Midtown Comics and pick up like a graphic novel and then come back to Bryant Park. There was a Starbucks across the street. I would go grab a coffee at Starbucks. I'd take my graphic novel. I'd find a little table with a chair and just sit there for hours and people watch and, 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 read my graphic novel so good good memories man and it brought it back for me yeah dude new york city you said it new york city at christmas there's absolutely nothing like it we went to a like one of those old super old kind of probably was a speakeasy at one point one of those huge pubs that you know feels like it should be a giant hotel but it's just a two-floor pub um and it's been there since like probably the 1800s well they every year they line the whole thing and i mean the whole bar with christmas lights and christmas ornaments oh that's it, badass and, is, and like oh, i yeah. posted some of the pictures on my twitter so you can see me at jedi fett uh j-e-d-i-f-e-t-t uh, -E -E so uh and it's everything has rhyme and reason this is not just tacked up there like i right, put as many lights up there as possible no everything is a pattern everything has a has a you know, is a thread in a tapestry. So it's it's just absolutely incredible. Um, so and what was that place called, honey? What? The bar that we went to, Christmas bar, Frosty's. Uh, oh, um, what was it called? They turned it into Frosty's North Pole Bar for the uh, okay. And they had you know, we had oh. we had Santa's cookies for dessert. You know, we oh. had uh, a hot chocolate pudding. The place is called Bacall's. That's what okay, it is. Bacall's. Gotcha. Yep. But anyway, so that was the bit that was the main event other than Mariah. So we kind of the co the co-main event. And Mariah Carey, 
Forget it. Queen of Christmas. Nobody shut it down. Nobody can make any claims whatsoever. That lady is the Queen of Christmas. The end. So she made it so she made it snow inside, fellas. The last person I saw do that was David Copperfield. Okay. All right. So, well, I'm glad you guys yeah. had a good trip, and I'm I'm glad that kind of you know you got to give that to your wife as a gift. And happy birthday to her, by the way. Thank you. She appreciates it. Yeah, Tina's Tina's birthday is on the twenty second. So yeah, <laughs> it's these that. Christmas these Christmas time birthdays are killing us. Yeah. Right. All right, and Mr. Rob, mental health check-in. How you doing this week, bud? I'm hanging in there, and I saw my therapist on Monday, and so I today I took a very big step, and I got a gym membership. <laughs> Good for you. Because, um, you know, I finally stopped lying to myself about the whole I'll work out at home, you know, thing. No. <laughs> Um, you know, and it's one of those things that, look, I need to drop some weight to be honest. Um, and I do have a treadmill here that I use sometimes, but to, I mean, to really get in, to really get into some type of program or something, I need to like physically go somewhere to do that. Um, so I, I did that. So I'm got myself a membership, so I'm going to start going. And my goal is just to can drop some weight. I don't have a yeah. specific number, but. I need to be not as heavy as I am right now. All right. So. Then I, I'll tell you what, buddy. I just cleaned up my garage. I got my home weight system in there. Every week, we're going to start the show with a check-in. You and I are going to be our, our checks and balances on each other. Because right. I want to start working out again as well. What's Are you starting? Do you have like a in, in mind one or two, three, four days a week? What are you thinking right now? Uh, well, this place I got joined is like it's one of those – almost 24 7 it's not exactly 24 7 gotcha um but really i mean because you know because you know we're still working at home all day so i'm still home every day so yeah i mean i could really go every day and do something okay uh, now no, i now obviously that's probably not how it's gonna go but yeah i mean i want to i want to at least go i'd say four times a week i'd say okay then starting next week you and i will start holding each other accountable and seeing where we're at okay does that sound like a plan yes okay excellent we'll do that starting next week rob and i are going to keep keep track on keep track of each other and hold each other accountable to our workouts all right so we're getting past that we are going to get into talk as jason would say some underpants grappling here some underpants fighting, and we're going to start off with NXT's Deadline Premium Live event, which was this past weekend, and I'm going to start off by saying, you know what, guys, this may have been the NXT event of the year for me. When I look at the whole show, and I knew very little going in because I haven't been caught up with NXT. I just haven't watched NXT in solidly in over a month, so I really wasn't. I was aware of the Iron Survivor Challenge match, and I was kind of aware of little things that had been going on, but the card in general, I had zero clue about. And all in all, every single match hit. Every single match was good. Uh, Jason, I know you guys were out of town. Did you see Deadline? Sorry, of course. Yeah, I know. Sorry about that. Yeah, of course. You just muted yourself again, Bubba. Yeah. Jason, you there you go. 
Sorry about that. That's okay. Uh, my computer freaked out. And, of course, I was going to move, look at the card to pull that up. And then I clicked. I, I was unmuting myself and lost the whole thing. Anyway, uh, I saw most of it. It was a lot of fun. And uh, Grayson Waller, my two cents, quick hits, as Grayson Waller is going to be a megastar and uh, get Carmelo Hayes and Trick up to the main roster as soon as humanly possible. Okay. Rob, what are your just initial thoughts on on deadline? Uh, uh, yeah, like you said, I think start to finish, I think it was the most complete yeah, as far as being a good show. I mean, the other takeovers have had some, you know, really good matches here and there, but they've also had some dead spots. So I think as, as far as just start to finish being a good show, I think this is this is probably the best one of the year. Okay. So we'll just run down the power real Go ahead. I'm sorry. I would even go further and tell you this might be the best show, not best, but most complete show that NXT 2.0 has run. I would agree with that assessment. It it feels like whatever the match beyond everyone has arrived is, we're at that. It's like, okay, everybody, like, forget about arrived. These guys just are NXT, if that makes sense. Yeah. They've established themselves as this generation of NXT, and I think we're off to the races with it. We can start off with just going down the card here real quick. We don't have to linger too long. We kicked off the show with the women's Iron Survivor match, and we talked uh, before the the live event that the rules to this Iron Survivor challenge were a a little odd. I was kind of iffy. It's a spinoff of something Impact slash TNA used to do, and um, I, I was... My concern was how convoluted the rules were going to be, and I think I made the statement. I think the talent and how they booked this thing is what's going to make or break it. And starting off with the women's match, they did not miss. Uh, For me, I think the women's match just slightly overshadowed the men's match. Uh, We had Indy Hartwell, Cora Jade, Kiana James, Roxanne Perez, and Zoe Starks. Uh, All in all, man, I thought there was some good stuff. I thought there was really good use of the penalty box. The penalty box for me was the asterisk in the air. I was like, how are we going to do this? They didn't overuse it. They didn't underuse it. They didn't convolute it. I thought all in all, it was good. Rob? Yeah, and look, they started off with the right two women, uh, with Roxanne and Zoe Stark, uh, because that's a key, I mean, because... The first two people are the ones that got to go the distance, so you want to have your basically the best two people in the match to, to do that. Um, so I think they you know, started off right by doing that. And I guess they, they had the right amount of everything there and it because it, it didn't get too crazy. And yeah, you know, unlike because I thought you know the men's match was they got a little stunt showy there in the first opening minutes. And but the, the women didn't do that here. They kept everything nice and under control, and they did just good work throughout. Yeah, absolutely. Jason, any thoughts? Uh, I thought it was the perfect way to kick off the show because um, it it a established the Iron Survivor rules right away, and it kind of got people familiar with it and let you give you know rep one at it before we did it with the men's. Not that the men's is more important. Just cool way to kick off. Um, and get that out of the way. Because I feel like that was a big question. And even though they explained the rules a couple of times on Tuesdays, uh, that it just didn't – 
It didn't all click for me uh, as how it was all going to score and work together until I saw it in action. Yeah, once you see the execution. And then the running, and with commentary obviously there to hold your hand, which, by the way, commentary did a fantastic job at that. Um, What's the play-by-play guy's name? Is that? Oh, Vic Vic Joseph. That's Vic, okay. Yeah, Vic does a great job. Um, So he he covered that very well. but yeah, see, was, uh, Booker T get get emotional over the winner. Oh yeah, yeah. That was that was. I like seeing that. It's because you just tell the Booker T takes this very personally. This is somebody that he helped train, and I thought that was cool. Very cool moment in, involving Booker T. Yeah, and, uh, Booker, and, then, um, and then we got to hear the other the other side of Booker a couple of matches later. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was. <funny. laughs> but, uh, he gave Jey Uso a uh, runner, player hater of the year. Yes. <laughs> um, but and look, um, look, this was a big weekend for Booker um, because over in the other side of the street, another one of his former uh, pupils, Athena, won the Ring of Honor Women's Championship. Yeah. So, um, you know, some congratulations to her. And. Um, but yeah, I thought, like Jason said, the women's match was the right one to start with, and I thought they hit everything just exactly the way you should have. There. Yeah. One thing I'm going to say, one standout for me, when, and I've liked this girl for a little while now, and I've got to see her live a couple of times, Zoe Stark is an incredible talent. Like, she just has a really undeniable look. She's in fantastic shape. She's a solid worker. This is a girl who I'd like to see them just bypass her winning the NXT Women's Championship. That is... It's going to be centered around two, maybe three women in the next two years. Send Zoe Stark up to the main roster and let her mix it up with some girls up there. I would love to see her chop it up with, you know, Charlotte, with Bailey. I mean, I think she's that kind of talent from an in-ring standpoint. Now, whether she develops a character that gets over with the fans is to be determined. But I think from a work rate standpoint, Zoe Stark, as far as the NXT women's roster goes right now, is one of the standouts that I see that could hang with the with the main event women on the main roster. And I agree totally. Yeah, I'll third that. I mean, I feel like you just have to give her something a little more to sink her teeth into gimmick-wise. Right. And you're good, man. Because, I yeah. mean, she's proven that what's the thing we always talk about? She's done everything they've asked so far pretty darn well. Yep. Yes. She's not going to win any Emmys. No, neither is most wrestlers. Yeah. But like I said, get her out of the, I don't even know what to call that gear, the fitness instructor gear. Yeah. And like give her something a little more solid and give her something a little more gimmick, a little more pro wrestling. And we, you really are going to have something with her. Well, speaking of the women showing up and showing out, let's go into the next match. Uh, Alba Fire. Versus Isla, Isla or Isla? How are we pronouncing that? I think it's Isla, I think. Is it Isla Dawn? That's how I would pronounce it. Isla Dawn in what ended up being a really freaking fun match. Like, these girls tore the hell out of each other. This felt like a fight. It felt personal. Um, and, and it delivered. And one thing, and I know Rob wanted to touch base on this. There was a move somewhere about halfway through. Alba Fire <coughs> ran to the ropes like to the turnbuckle and did this dive to the outside on Isla Dawn. And it was so smooth and it was so crisp and it was so quick. Like if you, if you blinked, you missed it. And, and Rob, I know you wanted to build on that a little bit. Yes, because uh, I was just, I mean, it popped to me that 
Okay, she ran up the turnbuckle. She got up there quickly, and then she jumped. Now, obviously, you got to trust the person down there to catch you. But way too many times, like, just, I mean, way too many times nowadays, on these people do these dives, and they take 10 minutes to climb up to the top rope, and the person either has to stand there and watch, or they have to... Even worse, when they got to lay there on the mat or lay across a table or something, just lay there for 30 seconds while this, you know, this person takes forever to climb the ropes and then forever to jump. And so I was just so happy that she just got up there and went because that's what I mean, that's the whole when you do. That's kind of the whole point of doing a move like it. It's supposed to be like an adrenaline kind of thing where you where, you know, it's not something where you're supposed to be you know, real alternative and moving slowly. Because it's 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 a crazy thing to do, you know. So yeah, you're supposed to run up there and go because, you know, you know, theoretically, it's supposed to be the type of thing you you do without thinking about it, right? Because yeah, if you stop to think yeah. about, it, you're you're not going to do it, right? Because it's crazy. And um, you're supposed to catch your opponent off guard. Yes. Do you know that? And the other the other fifty percent of that that made that popped me about that part. She doesn't do that every week. Yeah, right. She doesn't. I can't honestly. I can't remember the last time I saw her do. Like I've seen her do a tope and stuff, but like I can't remember the last time I've seen her do a, like a crazy dive like that. Yeah. Yes. It's more then, or less like a swanton, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was basically a swanton. And then, uh, like a minute or two later, um, she did a tornado DDT out of the corner, and the same thing. She she got her feet up on the ropes and she went because it's. Tornado DDT. It's supposed to be fast. Yeah. Tornado. Well, and right. that comes to this this generation of wrestlers. A lot of them, you know, the veterans will tell them, say, look, slow it down. Show the people your shit. Show them what you're doing. But they're slowing down the wrong things. Like the stuff right. they should be slowing down, they're snapping through at lightning speed. And then they go for a dive and they're like, all right, let me get up to the top rope. All right. Let me look around, make sure the crowd's watching me climb up to the top rope. All right. Yep. You're still laying on the table there. You stay right there. I'm I'm doing something here. Let me adjust my trunks. Uh, make sure my junk's not bunched up between my legs. Rob, um, to your point, it's it's the F5, not the F2. Right. Yeah. And um, because you look, a tornado DDT is one of those moves where the person taking it is doing a lot of the work, which is why you need to go fast. Because if you go too slow it becomes obvious to the audience, to people watching, and then it looks, quote-unquote, fake. Yeah. Because people... And also, DJ, correct me if I'm wrong, but if you go slow, I feel like the guy taking it has to do more work because he's carrying you. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's so, a matter of timing anyway, and kudos, well, sure. to, kudos to Isla Dawn for being where she was supposed to be during these moves because if she ain't paying attention or she's not where she's supposed to be on that... Um, Swanton, Alba Fire crashes and burns. And if she's not where she's supposed to be, and I've seen this, unfortunately, with some people who's the Tornado DDT is their move, Nikki Ash, and it's not her fault. People aren't set for it. They aren't where they're supposed to be, and the timing is off, and the move looks like shit. So, you know, c- kudos to, to Isla Dawn for being where she was supposed to be and, and you know, taking it the way she was supposed to take it. Yeah, so good, good on both of them on both of those moves, because it's really... Uh, doing those because 
look, we know yes, it's a work, okay, but you're supposed to make it look as real as possible. And and yes, some of these moves are improbable to be doing in any type of fight. But if you do them quickly and if you make it look good, then people can suspend the disbelief. Right. Yeah. But if right. you... I like having my disbelief suspended. I enjoy that. That's if I didn't enjoy that, I would quit watching this shit. Right. Exactly. And, yeah. Um, What's the reason we watch videos where some where some kid in a school fight actually picks another kid up and power bombs him? Why is that so crazy? Because it's like, how did the first kid let himself get put in that position in any way? Because that's impossible. Yeah. That's why we get so crazy about it, guys. Right. Exactly. And so, yeah, I mean, it's it's more important to look. It's, it's more do five moves that look good and look real instead of doing 10 moves that, that don't. Yeah. All this being said, we got to talk about the finish. <laughs> well, and here's where we sound like real <laughs> hypocrite assholes. Right. Spooky time. <laughs> because we got some spooky dookie voodoo finish shit at the end of this match. Wait, who's shitting on it? I popped for it, man. I laughed my ass off. I remember saying in the chat, I'm like, we've got spooky dookie ending. This is great. I love it. Moral combat. Yes. But see, but okay, you can do the spooky ending if if the quote unquote real stuff is done right. Right. Then okay. The black goo ending with the poisoning is palatable if the match looks good. And the match looked good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Isla Dong picking up the win there after some shenanigans with the referee and poisoning him. I uh, hope that guy's going to be okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, for me and probably for most people coming into match of the night, NXT Tag Team Championship match, Pretty Deadly versus Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods of the New Day. Guys, this match was just fun. This was everything that I watched tag team wrestling for. And yeah, it was yes. the perfect mix of comedic. They had just enough comedy, but they never pushed it over the edge where it's like, okay, this is ridiculous. And saying that when the two teams involved are the New Day and Pretty Deadly, I'm telling yeah. you that they didn't overdo the ridiculous. Those guys are absolute professionals and my hat is off. Yep. And tell me, I I know Rob was laughing his ass off at the Eddie Guerrero spot halfway through the match. Oh, yeah. (laughs) yeah. And, I mean, all four of them got in on it. It (laughs) Brilliant. Yeah. And and the Kofi and Woods have gotten really good at that because earlier this year they were in one of those uh, four-way tag team matches. And and they both got tagged in. And then they looked at each other and then one of them fell down and the other one went for the pin. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then, you know, and then, uh, and then did like all eight other guys jump on them? Yeah. They did. Yeah. Everybody came into the ring and piled on them before they walked away with a victory. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, they've gotten really good at that stuff. And, you know, like I said, and I think pretty deadly if, if they are going to come to the main roster, because we don't know if they're just there until the NXT UK thing. I mean, the NXT Europe thing gets going and they go back. We don't know. But if they are going to stick around, they were going, they're going to be a lot of fun on the main roster if they stick around and they do go up there. Yeah. Could you imagine a program with them and the Street Profits? 
Like, oh, how yeah. funny would that be? Like, again, just the right amount of comedy with the right amount of, you know, really good wrestling thrown in there. I, I would book them almost immediately against the Street Profits. Yeah. And they're really, really versatile. They can they turn are. into serious if you want them to. Also, and please don't any tag team take this as disrespect because it happens in WWE, but they would be hilarious goons for somebody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. And I'm I'm sorry, I, goons is not a place of disrespect. I thought I thought that one of the coolest things that FTR has ever done is being Shane's goons, and I mean that with 100% sincerity. So yeah. they're very versatile, and you could fit them into a lot of slots. That would be awesome. I, I and just because I love the ridiculous with really good wrestling, mm-hmm. that's pretty deadly versus uh, the maximum male models. Give me that match. Yeah, oh, yes, just yes. mentally, that's like, good comedy right there, man. Yes. Yeah. Or seeing them clown around with our truth backstage, or you know, yes. something like that. Yeah, there, there's good, there's good bits to be had with those guys. Aside from the fact that they can both go in the ring, you know, let's not, you know, let's not overlook that. Those guys are talented athletes. Yeah, just let me just the same. I meant when I said that, like, they did everything with the. It was a perfectly balanced match in terms of the comedy and the antics and whatnot, but the actual graps and, like, hold-for-hold wrestling was excellent. Yes. New Day, new NXT Tag Team Champions, picking up the win in what was, again, for me, match of the night. From top to bottom, when I look at everything that I look for in a professional wrestling match, that tag team match had everything that I need. Yeah, and, I mean, look, they even got shouted out on Twitter from, I think, Ciampa and then one of the guys from FTR also, I mean. Yeah. You know, yeah, who didn't and, shout uh, yeah Tommaso Ciampa was one. I didn't see the one from the FTR. I try to avoid them here lately. <laughs> uh, and that's odd because I used to love them. Booker T wasn't doing any shouting out for the New Day, unfortunately. Oh, no, he, he was hating. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> he so, did, did you guys found out why, right? Kofi broke his record for yep. tag team title victories. Ah, okay. So, that's where the hate came in. I missed yeah. that. The during the match, during the whole match, it was Booker T was doing way more than hey, I'm I'm the heel commentator, so I'm going to be on Pretty Deadly side. He was he was doing some generational hating on uh, on <laughs> and Xavier. I was just watching the match. I really was not paying attention to commentary on that one. We found out after the match that Xavier, or excuse me. Um, uh, Kofi broke his. Uh, excuse me. Kofi broke Booker T's record for most tag team reigns with uh, either separate belts or separate partners. I think uh, separate partners. Yeah. Okay. Because Kofi's been he's been champ with several different iterations of New Day, of course, with with E and with Woods and as a trio, um, with. Our favorite guy, Philip Jack Brooks, <laughs> with yeah. um, R Truth and with uh, Evan Bourne or Matt Sidell, as he goes by now. Um, and I don't know if there's anybody else, but that's. I mean, when you make a list of like best tag team partners of the last 10 years, like you got him, you got Cesaro, um, I mean, those two in, in particular, I think you got like. Kyle O'Reilly, Roddy yeah. Strong, yeah. I, mean, I wasn't watching during this era very much, but was Air Boom him and Matt Seidel, or was that Paul London? 
Oh, that was him. That was him and Matt Sidow, Yeah. Okay, that was him and Matt Sidow. Okay, because I kind of tuned out during. The, I know Air Boom was a thing, and I know they were a tag team, but I didn't know who the other guy was. So, all right. So let's move into the men's Iron Survivor Challenge. Uh, we had uh, Axiom, Joe Gacy, Carmelo Hayes, J.D. McDonough, and Grayson Waller. Uh, this one, I have to agree with Rob. The first five to ten minutes, um, I love Carmelo. It started off with what Carmelo and was oh, it McDonough yeah. or Axiom? I don't remember. Uh, hold on, I'm looking at it now. It is. It was Carmelo and no, no, no. It was uh, McDonough and Axiom. Oh, okay. It was yeah. McDonough and Axiom, as I remember it. Uh, yeah. Because Carmelo came in third. That's right, um, you're right, you're right. The three of them, it started off as a stunt show, and that that was disappointing to me because I went to an NXT show here about two or three months ago, and the main event was Axiom and Carmelo Hayes, and they put on one hell of a banger. Like, that was not only match of the night. That If I had to rank my top ten favorite matches that I've seen all year, that one ranks in the top ten. It was that good. You know, with no hyperbole, it was that good. So I was really looking forward to seeing these guys cut it up a little bit more. Didn't get what I thought I was going to get out of that. Um, honestly, for me, this match didn't pick up until Grayson Waller hit the ring. Yeah, because... Yeah. I just thought it... I thought, given the match type and how many there of them were in it and... I, I knew we were going to get, I kind of thought we were going to get a stunt show from those guys. So I had already kind of mentally prepared myself for that. And again, when it's well executed, it, it works. Um, and for me, I was, I was pretty all in on it. Um, but I do agree. It definitely shifted into gear once Grayson got involved and started, started being a, uh, a little shit. Yeah. I, my thing with the whole stunt show aspect is, I can appreciate the athleticism and, you know, of the three guys who started that match, they are top tier elite athletes in the three of them. They really are just for me. Again, we get back to the slow it down a little bit. You know, this is supposed to feel like a fight. You know, you guys are, you know, guys are fighting for a number one contenders spot for the NXT championship. And, you know, you're, you're this, you've only got 25 minutes within to work. You need to be, you know, trying to pin somebody, trying to submit somebody, trying to do whatever you can to accumulate wins here in, in a survivor in an Iron Man type of match. And I, I don't know. I thought the first almost ten minutes was wasted on let's pop the crowd for this type of thing. Yeah, and um, and I mean, one reason. Uh, well, one reason to send Carmelo up now is because, as far as doing stuff in the ring, I think if I would knock on him doing stuff in the ring, it's that he 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 reverts to the stunt show stuff. Yeah, too much sometimes, and I'm more looking forward to seeing him get in there with people that, you know, with with bigger people who he has to actually do some more different things with, like you know and. Because look, I bet he like he and Roman Reigns could have a hell of a match, I'm sure. And but and, but he would actually have to do some different things. And well, you know, similar to Rick Ray, in, right? I mean, if you put him in there to wrestle, he's gonna he's gonna show off. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna show out, I should say. Yeah, but I guess to me, it's like with Ricochet. Like when 
Um, you know, and and look, occasionally, yes, fine. You know, Ricochet and Osprey can have a match every now and then. They can just go crazy and do all of their stuff, and it's fine every now. It's it's fine every now and then. But you don't want to see Ricochet and Osprey do that crazy stuff every week. Right? Yeah. Um, and you know who I'd is, want to see Carmelo Hayes with? Sheamus. Oh, and. And that's why well, Sheamus yeah, would shut that shit down in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> well, right, but then Carmelo would be like, "Okay, I know the rules. I have to play by now. Here, here right. comes a banger." Right. Exactly. And so, I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to him on the main roster for that because yep. look, for me, I know that a lot of people love you know Ricochet's indie stuff and PWG and all of that. Uh, to me, Ricochet became a better worker when he got up to the main roster, and he he couldn't do that stuff all the time. Yeah. Um, and I think the same would be true for Carmelo when he gets up there and he's with some different people and he can't just do, you know, and then somebody who, who doesn't do the same type of stuff, like if you put him there with Bobby, you know, um, he ain't doing all that flying around the ring. <laughs> okay. You know. It's, it's going to be a long night at the office if he gets in there against Bobby Lashley, because right. he's going to be doing a whole lot of bumping for Bobby. Right. Or, or <laughs> Seamus, like Jason said, or, you okay. know, I mean. So I mean, but yeah, this like I said, this this got a little stunt showy. Um, one thing that I didn't now I didn't know the the kind of backstory with Axiom and JD McDonough, but they they I mean, you know they they, they got negative <laughs> they they put on the negativity there in the fighting in the penalty box and all that. And they were for me not knowing the like the story, they were very convincing as far yeah, as yeah, that was one of the better parts of the match was the two of them beating the hell out of each other in the penalty box. Yeah, and it was yeah, very was convincing. Awesome. I mean, even yeah, like, was. that was the kind of thing where, where even if you didn't know the story, you could feel that, okay, it felt like beef, you know? Yeah. Like they weren't just doing tricks or whatever for the match. That that, that felt like some real animosity, <laughs> you know, being acted out there. And yeah. uh, so I could, I could give both of them credit for that. All right. Well, Grayson Waller sneaks out a victory, that sneaky little son of a gun. I thought the ending was fun of that though. With them, just you're right down to the wire. Carmelo's really trying to catch one more, one more pinfall, and Grayson Waller just laps the ring, has everybody chasing him. I thought it was, maybe it was easy, easy way out. I don't know. I thought it was fun. Oh, and it fits. Well, and, yeah, I mean, it sold the story enough that they all because he started doing that. Like there were only like 15, 20 seconds left. Yeah. And I was just thinking to myself, I'm like, wait, why are they chasing him? Shouldn't one of them just elbow the other and pin that guy? But it's just like they got lost in the moment and the emotion of it, too. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was believable in that aspect. Yeah. Yep. So Grayson Waller has a, a date with Destiny with Braun Breaker somewhere down the road. I can only assume it'll be at the first premium live event next year. Uh, they have not officially announced when that match will be. Speaking of Braun Breaker, brings us to our main event, NXT Championship match, champion Braun Breaker versus Apollo Crews. This one, again, I wasn't a big fan of how it started with them kind of, um, the the show of one-upsmanship, I think, went on a little too long. I could get it with a couple things. I always pop for for the test of strength. Yeah. We got a test of strength. I like that. We got a couple of just basic, you know, side headlocks, takedown, Head scissors, kick out of the head scissors. It was some basic, you know, wrestling school 101 stuff. But I just thought it went on a little too long. The second half of this match was straight fire. 
absolutely straight fire from these guys. Apollo Cruz, this is a guy who I loved his run a couple of years ago when he was U.S. champion and he was against, you know, feuding with the uh, the Hurt Business. They sent him over to SmackDown. He came out with that new, with the, uh, the and it just fell right out of my head. What's his nationality? Uh, Nigerian. Ni- Nigerian. Nigerian. The Nigerian prince. Uh, popped for it, thought he put in incredible work. This is a guy who really has gone from just being great wrestler guy to a guy who is really starting to put all the pieces together and give them what they're asking him to give them. And I saw that Saturday night with him. I saw fire in him that I haven't seen before. I saw personality from him that I haven't seen. But even when he was doing the Nigerian Prince, he'd started to pick up some of it then. But just his emotions and the way he was in the ring with Braun Breaker on Saturday night, I like this version of Apollo Crews. Yeah, no, yeah. It feels like he's he's kind of again. It, that's part of it that made me feel like this is the whatever the step is after arrival. This is it. Um, yeah. He he was a big part of that because it's just like Apollo Cruz, really happy to be here. Um, was just wasn't selling a ticket. Yeah. Exactly. Um. And yeah, like you said, showed glimpses with the Nigerian prince, which popped me to the moon. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it so, but I think obviously it was the right move for Bronda, Bronda win. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Rob. Any thoughts on this match? Oh no, I co-sign everything you guys said, and I guess you know with, with Braun, I guess I still have the kind of thing where it's like, like we know he's not going to lose. Yeah. And for me, and he shouldn't be right. Like he he shouldn't lose until it's time for him to go up. Okay, he shouldn't lose the title until it's time for him to go up. At this point, it's just for me, and this is just a just a personal kind of thing. It's just that while he should not lose until it's time for him to go up, that also just takes a little bit out of his matches for me, because just because we know what's going to happen, and but that's not his fault. I'm um, just objectively speaking, he's definitely gotten better. Um, and again, you know, the, he he went and did a singles match here. He they didn't need a third person to run interference for him or yeah. anything this time. He is getting better at that. Um, but people got to remember he he has less than a hundred matches total, so he needs to stay down there for a while. You know, they don't need to jump the gun bringing him up there. He needs to stay down there because there, you know, there's still little things here and there that he needs that need to become automatic for him. Yeah. Um. And and and, you know, a, a great women's wrestler once talked about doing things on instinct and how it took her a while to do that. How it took her a couple of years to get to the point where she just go on instinct and not just be thinking about stuff all the time. Yeah. And so it takes a while. And. And like this women women's wrestler, he also he came in from scratch, basically not having done this. So he needs he needs to get closer to that point where he can just do stuff without thinking about it. And look, we saw it with Bianca also. Like when the kind of downside to bringing in folks, you know, all these these folks who pick it up very quickly, but they but they basically come in off the street. Um, they you know they have to make that kind of step to where they do stuff without thinking about it. And so, you know, Charlotte got there, Bianca got there. And so now he needs to get there. Yeah. And so he needs to stay down there for a little while longer. So don't don't rush him up, people. Right. There's a saying in the business, you're green for two years. And he's a year in. You know, so I, I 
I think he's going to be fine. Give him another year. We're going to be having a much different discussion about about Braun Breaker. I think the guy is incredible. He it checks off most of the boxes. But you know, it's we've still got some some cooking to do here. Like you said, that some of this stuff's got to become automatic. He's got to become more fluid, and it's got to become just. And then just you know from there, put all the rest of the pieces together. Uh, yeah, Braun Breaker picking up the win in a what ended up being a really good match. And again, it was a sprint. This didn't need to be a 25-minute exhibition. Um, it was a good sprint, and the, the last half of the match for me hit better than the first half did. Yeah, and I just to, guess to kind of compound my point one more time, um, he's expected to be, you know, Roman Reigns-level talent on the main roster. He, like, they're not bringing him up to just have matches. No. Right? There, there's a higher level of expectation with him, so it is of the utmost importance that he is prepared properly, you know, before he comes up there. Yeah, and you know, I know a lot of people are probably, oh, send him up now, send him up now. If you sat that dude across from the ring with Roman Reigns today, Ron Breaker would look, as Rob likes to say, less than. And that's not any fault of his. You know, that's he's going to get there. And I think I made the statement in the chat. I said, you know, in Three to five years, if Roman Reigns is still around and Braun picks it up, we are we are going to be looking at one hell of a moment when these guys finally stand eye to eye to each other in the ring. Yeah, and I mean at this point, I don't, I think even if you put him across the ring from like Seth Rollins or Drew McIntyre, he still looks kind of like just it. No, we're not there yet. Well, yeah, we're we're definitely not there yet. Yeah. We'll get there. Hey, I, oh, you know, we I will. Have the, uh, yeah. Well, please look, don't let this podcast be anything less than uh, super enthusiastic about the future of one Braun Breaker. But we're also realistic about things. Absolutely. Right. And, and we want him to, we want him, we want him to be the guy that when Roman is done, there's no fall off. Right. We you want can just to, hand this to him and we keep right on trucking. We, we want him to be that guy. Okay. Yeah. And so it's important that you, that you, you know, his, that his development goes the right way. Because if it, if it doesn't go the right way, and he's not that guy, then it's gonna it's gonna affect the whole roster and the whole company. To be honest. Yeah. So, so a couple quick takeaways. Uh, one, I don't think there's I, there's very little about the Iron Survivor challenge that I would change. Um, I thought the 25, 25 minute time limit was perfect. Uh, not too long, not too short. Um, I thought the use of the penalty box was really good. And, you know, I'm actually looking forward to seeing – I was a little iffy when they first announced it. Now I'd like to see another one of these. Rob, what do you think? Anything you'd change with this? No, I like it the way it is. Uh, and, and honestly, I liked it better than – like, well, no, it, it's taken from the King of the Mountain thing from Impact. Right. Now, the d- difference is the King of the Mountain, it's usually for a, it's for a championship. And so if you pin somebody, they hand you the belt and – you have to take the belt up a ladder and hang it up instead of going up and getting it. And to me, that and that's just a little too much convoluted, you know. That is convoluted. Yeah, they they took one step out and they were like, nope, it's perfect. Yep. Okay. Another takeaway, and I think I mentioned this in the chat as well, I need an Xavier Woods singles championship run before that guy finally hangs it up. He's so damn good. Like, how has he been there, what, 10 years now almost, Xavier has? 
probably between developmental and, you know, this run with the New Day, the guy has never held an Intercontinental or a U.S. Championship. Not once. Yeah. Um, that, yeah and- I, I was surprised by that, honestly. I, I When you were first saying that in the chat, I was like, that can't be right. He's not right. I think, I think this is DJ just being old. I know he's... Before I started watching, he had to have won a United won a United States championship. Nothing. Nope. Nope. Uh, yeah. All tag um, teams. Yeah, yep. and uh, one because one little note, um, because when they got the pin Saturday, Kofi tagged him in just so he could get the pin. Yeah. And part of that was that one like he one of the things he'd always felt he missed out on. He never won a championship in NXT either or FCW when he was there. Right, and that was one of those things he'd always felt like he had, you know, missed out on. Oh, but at uh, the time, there was just the FCW, whatever that was at the time, and in NXT, there was the tag team championships and the uh, the world championship, and both of those were on lockdown. Yeah, and um, so now, and he said himself that basically once he got the king of the ring thing, he, now he's he's basically playing with house money as far as stuff he wanted to do for his career. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I'm I'm glad they got this because this has been kind of a rough year for them. Um, because I mean, E got hurt, and then outside of that, just I mean, in kayfabe, they've just been they've been putting people over all year. I mean, they've they lost have, like yeah. they've lost mm-hmm. a bunch of times to the Usos, and they you know they put over Sheamus and the boys a bunch of times. They put over the Viking Raiders a bunch of times. This has been basically a put people over year for them. Um, so it's nice to see them get just get something here towards the end. All right. Yeah, they've kind of slid into the uh the Dolph Ziggler of tag teams role. And some of that is because just because you know the Usos have just you know they're holding the both of the tag team titles hostage and you know and, and I'm just going off on a tangent here, but it's like I don't you know, people say that unifying the world and universal titles is a bit of a problem. Honestly for me, unifying the tag team titles is a bigger problem for me. Because tag team wrestling is almost just to win the tag team championship. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, singles wrestlers have feuds over different things or whatever, but tag team wrestling is almost specifically to win the tag team championship. And so basically, you you know, you got all these teams that are just kind of spinning their wheels now because, you know, because of the bloodline storyline and all of that. And... Because I mean, you know, I mean, the street profits are spinning their wheels, and the Alpha Academy, and New Day has been also, and and even you know the Viking, everybody pretty much, because because right now you know nobody's beating the Usos because of the story is going on. Yeah. And so it, it's it can it's can make the tag team division kind of stagnant, to be honest. So it's nice to see you know uh, New Day come down there and and get this, and hopefully they, I mean, I hope they get to stick around for a little while because. I mean, again, what's there for them to do right now? I mean, yeah, on SmackDown, I mean, not nothing really. I mean, so you know, let them stay down there for a month or two, have some fun. Okay, well, that's going to do it for everything we wanted to talk about with uh, NXT Deadline. Uh, going to move along here and get out of Jason's talking about underpants fighting and get into this. Has been a long week for just ridiculous news and bad takes and just fan nonsense in in the wrestling world. And we're going to start with, uh, they had the, uh, 
Vince McMahon documentary. I don't even know a whole lot about it. It used to be uh, The Dark Side of the Ring, and now it's uh, – what, what the hell's the new one now? Oh, well, the, uh, the thing they're doing now is the Tales from the Territory. But Tales from the Territory. They had the Vince documentary this week, which my understanding was it was just rehash of The Dark Side of the Ring and just nothing new there. But on the heels of that, we got a bunch of news sites reporting that Vince McMahon has stated that he wants to make a comeback. And that on the heels of, and I think this is all not coincidence, it's all tying in together for people trying to generate traffic, on the heels of another news site claiming that Triple H is unhappy with a lot of the the people that he's brought back, that he has not seen the return on his investment. I think it all just ties in because a lot of these people were, you know, folks that Vince McMahon got rid of, and now Triple H is bringing them back. It's, I could be grabbing at straws here. But the idea, let's, let's, let's pretend. You know, let's play make-believe and pretend that Vince actually does think he wants to come back. We don't need him. And I'm not even – I'm going to sweep aside the seediness of it all. You know, all the, all the allegations and everything that's going on in the investigation that happened with Vince McMahon. Creatively, even the best of you run out of juice. And while Vince still had great moments here and there, I think the moments were becoming – fewer and far between from a creative standpoint. And, you know, when I look back in the history of great creative minds, the best of them all eventually ran out of gas and they stopped reinventing the wheel. You know, I take some of my favorite musicians, Ozzy Osbourne. Now, Ozzy just put out a great album this year, but the last few albums have been kind of rinse and repeat of stuff he's done all along. You know, nothing that, you know, moved mountains or, you know, like I said, reinvented anything. It's, I look at the history of all that, and, and Vince McMahon creatively, I think, was starting to run out of gas. I don't think we need him back. I think the company's going in a fine direction. I think Triple H is still getting his footing. And, you know, it's, I, I don't think it's something we need. Rob, what do you think? Um, yeah, and well, well, I remember a few months ago, I, you know, I said that while well, I was upset at some of the people who gotten released, I ultimately made peace with, with them being gone. Yeah. Um, I think that's kind of what it is with Vince. I mean, again, CD stuff aside, right? I mean, like you know, it sooner or later he was going to be gone, even if he had done nothing. Yeah. Know, untoward. Sooner or later he was going to be gone because nobody's around forever, and so I think. And look, look, you know, Jerry's still out on Triple H on some things, <clears throat> um, but. I do think that, like you said, I think Vince still had, he still had energy for the, the, the really big, really important things. But a lot of the middle and underneath stuff, he was just, it, he, it really felt like he just wasn't paying much attention to. And I think Triple H is definitely doing that. That, um, But then also, look, I mean, look, Vince is another one. He's one of these rich guys. And... They never want. They never want to leave. They or they 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 don't. They never want to be told to leave. Yeah. And if you tell them to leave, and if they leave against their will, they always try to come back because you know. Because damn it, I'm Vince McMahon, and nobody's gonna make me leave, right? Or you know, damn it, I'm you know, insert name here, and you know, you're not gonna make me leave. Do you know who I am? And it's that to me. That's what it is. Um, so yeah, he left against. He obviously didn't want to go. He he left against his will, and 
he and he wants to come back now because look, I mean, because for all intents and purposes, outside of any legal trouble that it has just surfaced, I mean, the public opinion wave is you know come and gone, and he's basically written it out. So, yeah, I think yeah, he wants he wants to come back, yes, because he didn't want to leave. And again, again, he's one of these rich guys who gets his way all the time. And he, you know, he skated on everything else. He, he, you know, he beat the feds for crying out loud. So yeah, of course, of course he thinks he can't, he's not, he shouldn't be taken down by this. Um, but you know, he needed, he needed to go and whether it was creatively or, or for just, you know, for the, the untoward things he needed to go. Uh, and he's just stay gone. I mean, look, man, yeah. you know what? You got forty. You got a forty-year run, and you know you got to leave without being marched out in handcuffs or something. Okay, and you, you got you got to leave without there being some big story on the national news about you. So consider that a victory, and you know the, your company is making more money than it ever than it has, which means you're getting more money yourself. Um, and just, you know what, um, just take it for what it is and, you know, Hey, you had your time and, you know, you, you could have had a better ending if you had acted better, but you didn't. So, yeah. Yeah. Jason, your thoughts just creatively. Do you think WWE misses Vince McMahon? No, no. So Vince can stay gone. Yes, I mean, bro, you got at minimum. I don't care what the what has or has not been said in court. At minimum, you've got away with sexual assault, and you should be in jail. So, why don't you just take your little victory pony and take your, you know, your your golden parachute and enjoy your your elder years? Yeah, I'd always wondered what a Vince McMahon retirement looked like. It's got to be boring for him. Like I'm sure. He's sitting at home, wringing his hands, chomping at the bits, and that's not how I would have done it, pal. That's not what I would have done. I would have done this, and he's probably blowing up Triple H's phone every Monday and you know Friday night. <laughs> but that's just what I tell myself in my head that he does. I don't know. Vince may very, very well be an active retiree. I don't know. Um, as far as saying he didn't really go out how he wanted to, I think if I'm capping off a 40-plus year career, this year's WrestleMania is how I'd like to make my last stand. You know, he had he got to wrestle one more match against Pat McAfee. He got one more moment against his biggest kayfabe rival ever with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, I to me, just looking at it in kayfabe, that's a hell of an ending. I yeah, mean, that that really is a hell of an ending to go out on. Um, it is, but. Like the quarterback in Tampa Bay, he could have who could have just ended it winning a championship in Tampa Bay a year or two ago. Um, he, he want you know he wants to keep going. They never they never want to stop. Yeah. I mean even even when when you get the perfect ending, that these guys they still they never want to stop. Right. Um, it's a drug. They get addicted to it. Right. And but yeah, he he can stay gone. I mean, and look whatever. You know, I guess again, Jerry's still out on some things with Hunter, and whatever questions need to be answered will get answered eventually. And but 
you know, you know, there's no need for Vince to come back. You know, like I said, like Jason said, like, dude, you got away with some really nasty stuff. All right. So, yeah. you know, consider yourself fortunate that you did. Consider yourself fortunate that you weren't you weren't like some, you know, bus driver or something because you would be in jail. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we can move on that. Move on from that. But uh, let's let's stick with the um, theme of. Nasty stuff, dirty laundry, and rip the Band-Aid off here, address the elephant in the room. Uh, been a rough 24 hours for one Mandy Rose. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't even know how to approach this other than to say we're going to talk a little bit about the Mandy Rose incident and her subsequent release from NXT slash WWE. I'm going to preface this by saying we do not have all the facts. We are going to address the facts or at least what we've been delivered. Um, I think there's a lot of nuance and a lot of layers to this discussion. There's also a lot of terribly, terribly bad takes. Uh, we're going to sift through some of that rubble. I want to, again, preface this by saying this is not news. Uh, we are not dropping any information. We are just giving our opinion on what we know 24 hours into this thing. Um, I was on the internet, on Twitter, last day or so, and I caught little nuggets here and there about a leak of Mandy Rose, OnlyFans, fan time, whatever the hell this thing is called. And But I didn't think anything of it. I was like, okay, I know some of these people have something. I know she, I follow her on Instagram, and I know she's posted some very nice pictures of her in bikinis and things like that. Very obvious that it was a tease at certain things. So it was not a far reach for me to think, okay, maybe she has more quote unquote exclusive content somewhere. I don't pay for it. I don't follow it. I don't go looking for it. So I don't know for sure. Um, became pretty clear that something got leaked, but again, I don't look for it. So I didn't look into it. Then today the bombshell gets dropped. Uh, Mandy Rose has been, she lost the NXT women's championship on Tuesday night and then was subsequently released from NXT the next day over what was, and, and somebody's going to have to fill in the gaps here again a little bit because I only know what I've been told, is that she had a, a, a like a fans-only website where you could go and get what we'll call exclusive content, and someone leaked a lot of stuff from there, and a lot of it was rather, depending on your view, a lot a lot of it was, was rather seedy, you know, at least softcore, at, at the worst. Um, and I know I'm kind of stumbling let's here put, because... Let's put it as gently as we can. I would have a hard time with some of this stuff being... Well, it would not be believable that some of this stuff would even make HBO. How about that? Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. We, we could, I, like I said, I don't go looking for it. I haven't seen any of the leaks. I'm not the type of guy that goes looking for those. Personally, all things aside, I'd like to have five minutes alone with the people that leaked this shit. The ones that did it to Paige and Xavier Woods, the ones that did it to her, the ones that did it to Jennifer Lawrence. I would like five minutes alone with these people. Okay. That's an entirely different discussion on an entirely different day. What's in question here right now is the Mandy Rose and, and whether and the, the argument right now is obviously they she's been released of her contract. Whether they fired her or she asked for her release, we do not know. And that's a nuance that no one's talking about. You know, right now, the, the the running narrative is that WWE found out about this and they fired her. Like, WWE didn't know about this. Like, 24 hours ago, they found out, hey, she's got this questionable content on a fans-only site. 
and now she's out the door. This is the narrative they're selling right now on Twitter. And Rob, we, you, myself, Jason, and and Ray Cash discussed this in in the chat earlier today. There's a lot more to this that we don't know. Yeah, and so now, first of all, because um, you know, some people are saying, well, she, she's well, well, she's super wrong for termination. Uh, no, okay. Um, if nothing, they absolutely are on sound legal footing to terminate her for this. Okay, um, they are, and whatever you think of it, you know, they got language in their contracts that you're not supposed to be doing this kind of stuff. And yeah, things are left up to interpretation as far as well, the whether, you know, they, whether they throw you out immediately or whether they tell you to stop and give you a chance to shut it down or whatever that's left up to interpretation. And it's left up to, you know, whether or not somebody makes a fuss about it publicly and all that kind of stuff. And, and no, that stuff is not handled consistently. <laughs> But they definitely have the, you know, wherewithal, the, the grounds to terminate her based on having that content. Um, so y'all need, so really, um, don't, you know, the words lawyer up should not be mentioned. Okay. Just right. Being, um, Obviously, these are people who have never dealt with contracts and don't understand how this kind of thing works. Yeah. And, um, and you know... But there, I mean, then there are also some bad takes from people just being way too on the side of, you know, the corporation. Actually, um, we don't know all the details, um, but we know that basically it's been reported they rewrote Tuesday's show on Tuesday. So obviously something, you know, because the stuff got leaked like what, on like Monday or something. Or I think I started seeing things about it either late Monday or early Tuesday. Um, obviously yesterday is when things really blew up. It came to a head and blew up. Yeah. So, but they, but it was reported that, you know, they, they did a, a rewrite on Tuesday. Um, and just from watching the show, it was very obvious. I mean, if, if, if you've watched enough pro wrestling stuff, you know, that, that, you know, that this was, you, you know, when something is abruptly happening and just because they at the beginning they talked about you know that the 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 match winners from saturday would get their matches at a later date and then suddenly out of the blue they do this thing and then you know and then it's like oh well you can have your match tonight and that i mean you, and and that was you know that was a tell like okay yeah and and then just all throughout the episode you know um again and like well, we we've 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 crapped all over the, the body language experts before, and but this was definitely one where with when they when they showed Mandy, you could it was there was definitely just kind of a, a low energy kind of vibe going there. Not just Mandy. Look at Roxanne. If you look at her face, like really read her face, read her body. This was not how she wanted this to go down. Like none of the talent that were involved in all of this. This is not obviously Mandy. It goes without saying. But Roxanne, you know, it's this isn't how she wanted to win that. No. And and then the match itself just again, there was just a whole weird kind of vibe over the whole match and the way everything was going. And even like the finish, I mean, because obviously when she kicked out of the knee for Manny, that, that's supposed to be this big dramatic moment. And it just didn't feel that way. 
And then she hit her, you know, she hit her finisher on Mandy and got the three count. And again, that it felt very, it felt very anticlimactic watching it. And it, the whole thing just, and again, you could tell like, okay, they, yeah, they, 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 they cooked this up, you know, that day. Now, of course, we didn't know the circumstances. Uh, well, it's, it, we knew by then that her Mandy stuff had gotten leaked. So a lot of people were already thinking like, oh, they probably did this because of that. Or maybe they did this because of that. Because, you know, and then, of course, we find out, you know, the next today or was it was it, just, it was yesterday we found out she got she got released. Yeah. And then in the end that it's at least, you know, that this has something to do with it and or that, or that she got released because of this. Now, we don't know the timeline. We don't know the whole process. Um. You know, there's even some suggestion that maybe she asked for it. We, we don't that we don't know. Yeah. Um, we know that she's not there anymore. We know and it's because of this content she was doing. Um and again, like I said, they, they have legal grounds to do it, so you can't really argue that. My I guess kind of where I take issue with the company is that you know, some people have said, well, you can't do that if you're working for a company that does PG content and that does a kid's show. And my thing with that is that the whole we're a PG show, we're a kid's show is something that they wave around when it's convenient. And yeah, and it's and it's look, it's something that we as fans wave around when it's convenient, because look, when somebody when somebody points out like a logic hole or something in a story and and if it's one of those those times where you don't care what do we say oh it's a kid's show you know who cares yeah. um and so but there's a whole there's just a lot of inconsistency with when they choose to fly that flag and when they don't and you know mandy's entire career has been basically sexualized on camera yeah um yeah I mean, her first major, like one of her first major storylines was when she had invited Jimmy Uso to her hotel room. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, um, you know, and, and, and with, you know, with toxic attraction, like, I mean, you know, for like the first month, I mean, the, the cameraman was getting way up close and personal when they walked to the ring. Um, and they even had like a little plot line for about a few weeks where, uh, those two, the two brothers that are tag team, I forgot their n- name, but Idris, Inofi, and the other guy. I mean, oh, they were, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were basically acting out like the, you know, the the black man, white woman stereotype. You know, the the black man thirsting after white woman stereotype. Oh, God. They were basically acting that out on 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 NXT television for like oh, about a God. month. Okay, um, you know, and so, you know, you're doing that. Oh, but oh, but 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 you're a kids show, right? I mean, you know, I mean, to me, there's just there's there's some real inconsistency there. And I guess the line gets drawn in the sand. Like, what is a bridge too far? Like, I obviously, mean, the, kids the, are watching yeah, TV. Sh- huh? The line is pornography. Let's the let's line. let's real here. The line is pornography. I mean, the that's, line is for, and that that's what I'm that's what I'm getting to, and and allegedly, like I said, I haven't seen it. I'm don't plan on looking for it, um, but but apparently it crossed that line, 
And, you know, it, you can argue this is a kid's show. Kids are exposed to sexuality in TV shows all the time. You can watch any show on the CW, and it is loaded with sexual innuendo, sexually charged content. We are a horny sexual society, okay? And it, it's reaching, and, and you can, this is a whole discussion and an argument that can be had on another podcast on another day. Some of this content is probably reaching kids way younger than it should. There's an argument that can be made there. WWE as a company needs to decide, okay, what's the line? Yes, Mandy, you can argue. Mandy Rose's entire career has been sexualizing her. Has she been okay with it? Was there ever a point where she could have said, no, this is where I draw the line. I don't want to go any further with this. She did not. She let them walk it past whatever, yeah, walk it to whatever length she thought she needed to in order to get her character over. Um, that being said, WWE is a publicly traded company. We have shareholders that we need to answer to, not just fans. And you know, when, when you have someone who is putting the entire image of the company at risk beyond the normal acceptable sexualization of men and women, um, it runs a risk. And, and I take my own company, for example, um, we have a policy in place because there were several of us several years ago that were working two jobs. Myself was one of them. And they drafted a company policy that basically stated you can have a second job, we have to know what it is and where it is. And if that job conflicts with the values of this company, you have to choose, are you going to stay with us or are you going to keep the second job? Like if I was a male stripper, which God forbid, the thought is horrifying. But if I had a second job as a male stripper, if my job found out about that and said, hey, this violates what our values are as a company, um, regardless of whether or not anybody in the office personally cared whether or not I stripped, the company policy is, hey, if we have patients that come to this club and they see you with your balls hanging out, um, that reflects negatively on the company and we would have to make a choice. Do you want to be a male stripper or do you want to be an employee with this company? I would imagine that the WWE verbiage is not so dissimilar. And, you know, there's, you know, their acceptable level of sexuality in their programming. And then there's above and beyond. And it sounds like that Mandy Rose definitely went above and beyond. The the only questions in the air are one, and this is something that Rob and I both agreed on. The general consensus is WWE only found out about this recently. But we've come to find out that this link to her this link to this account has been linked to her Instagram account for quite a while. So there's no way WWE couldn't have known about it. And if they did know about it. Did they speak to her at some point in the past and say, hey, look, you need to cease and desist or make a decision? And this is the part, these are the gaps that we don't know about is, you know, yeah. was there a discussion? Did they know about it? And, you know, from there, how did this all unfold? I was going to say, because, you know, it could have been, hey, you need to shut this down because it conflicts with our values. Mandy goes, nah, I'm kind of making a lot of money from it, and I'm doing this, this, and this, and so can I keep it going? And they go, no, well, you got to choose. Okay, I guess I'm losing the title on Tuesday. Well, so, and from what I'm hearing, she was making and, more income from that than she was in WWE, which is going to segue into a, <clears throat> another part of the discussion. 
Yeah. And I think it's also I'm just generally tired of the whole conjecture because we don't know even even the conversation that I just jokingly had about like, hey, shut this down. Hey, no, I don't know. I won't make it too much money. That conversation could either be really contentious, like you need to shut this down. You're embarrassing the company, blah, 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 blah. Or it could have been like, hey, you know, you know, you got to pick because we can't have this. But I know you're making a lot of money, so maybe you want to stick with that. We don't even know the how contentious this whole thing was. Right. So, yeah, it does seem like everything was abrupt. Um, so, so that definitely doesn't speak well to to that. But I don't know. It, it's. It's just such a messy, messy situation because, like you said, DJ, there's so much that we don't know in terms of not only the order of events, but just gen- everyone's general demeanor while everything went down. Yeah. I think I want to address some of the really bad takes where all this is concerned, and I want to let Rob chime in on this one because this involves his queen. Uh, some people were, you know, obviously people are, it's any chance to dump on the Fed. People are going to take it. And to align, there's probably some wiggle room there and we'll get into some of that in a minute, but I want to, you know, let Rob take the reins here because I know somebody, you know, kind of used the queen did a, <laughs> a photo spread for, was it ESPN? Yeah, it was ESPN magazine. ESPN yeah. magazine. And it was rather tasteful. She was nude in a couple of the photographs, but we're comparing apples and oranges here. Rob, take over. Yeah. So some, some idiot tweeted, well, if, you know, if, you know, if they got rid of Mandy for showing, you know, being nude or whatever, why not this? And they had some, and they put up some pictures of the photo shoot that Charlotte did a few years ago. And it was for the, it was for the, you know, bodies issue in the ESP magazine that they used to do. And, you know, then basically they would do like these kind of tastefully done, basically nude photo shoots of athletes. And, you know, the point was just to show that, you know, these people have all different you know, shapes and sizes and, you know, and all that good stuff. And, you know, and, and so somebody made, you know, the old, somebody use that as an example of, you know, well, why do you know to give it to her? And like you moron, um, it was something that was done through the company. I mean, obviously, look, she didn't run to the ESPN and say, hey, can I do this? Yeah, she you didn't know. do this on her own. No, this was right. through the WWE and through, you know, because, look, if, I mean, obviously something with ESPN, WWE is going to want to do. And so it was arranged through them and all of that. And, you know, and, and it's just, it's just a stupid thing to, to make an equivalence to. And, you know, but of course this always comes down to, you know, I mean, if you, you know, if you can find a way to take a shot at somebody you don't like, you do it, you know. Um, but, you know, whatever. I mean, people are idiots, and this, this person is an idiot. And, and, and oh, of course, look, they got dunked on in the quotes, and then, of course, they did what you always do when you get dunked on in the quotes. I was just joking. Didn't you guys understand that? It's the same thing with the comparisons to the uh, all the superstars that did the Playboy spreads. You know, Sable, Christy Hemi. I know there were several others. I, their names escape me at the moment. This, again, were assignments set up in collaboration with WWE and Playboy. Same thing with Shawn Michaels was, when he did Playgirl back in the 90s. This was, was a collaborative when, effort. 
there's also when it is inarguable that the company's morals were in a different place. Oh, absolutely. It was on the tail end of the ruthless aggression era. Right. You know, and that was on the tail end of the attitude era. So it was a much different company pushing a much different agenda. And you know, now we're talking about a company that is very publicly known, is gearing itself up for a potential sale in the next five to ten years to either Disney or another conglomerate. Um, so yeah, they've they've got to draw a line in the sand, and you can you can have sexuality, you can have sexual innuendo, but when we start talking about one of your people engaging in what is essentially softcore porn, you know, do I personally have an issue with it? Absolutely not. I think you know I'm one of those people. You know, I I support sex work. I sex work is work. Um, and in whatever you need to do. And I told you guys this in the chat, hell, it, if I wasn't an ugly old man, I'd run an OnlyFans spot, you know, just for the extra cash. There's some people making some damn good bank, you know, on Only OnlyFans. I'm never going to be that guy. So, you know, I don't necessarily disagree with the idea of having it. I, you know, if you've got the body for it, and you've got the confidence for it, and that's, you're okay with that being out there, more power to you. However, when you work for a company, you have to understand you're doing that at your own peril and you have to make a decision. What's more important to me, this or this? And, you know, it looks like, it sounds like she's made a choice. And if that choice works for her and she continues to make more money, more power to her, I support that. But people have got to stop with this, the, the comparisons. There is no comparison to WWE allowing its talent to go pose for Playboy. Okay? Right. Right. It's it's not the same because this is something she did on her own of her own volition without the company's involvement. If that's a breach of contract, like Rob said, they have every legal, you know, every legal leg to stand on here. The other comparison well, that it, it absolutely was given the past couple of years we've had with things about, you know, OnlyFans and Cameo and this, that and the other thing. Well, bottom line, she was charging for it. Yeah. So you know, that's yeah. kind of the beginning and end. And, and I don't even think this was a, a case of like like with Zelina Vega and some of the other talent that were doing their Twitch channels and their OnlyFans and things like that and the cameos where WWE wasn't – they were portraying the, their on-screen characters in these mediums and WWE wasn't getting a cut of it. You know, I got all of that. This was something she was doing entirely in of her on her own. It was like a side business or whatever you want to call it. Um, so, yeah, we are where we are with it. Um, and then the other comparison that I think people need to back the fuck up on is this stuff that happened with uh, Paige, Maddox, and Xavier Woods. Yeah. That was a private encounter amongst three consenting adults that was meant to stay between the three of them. Yeah. Somehow or another, that got leaked. That was not them putting it out on the Internet for a paycheck. Okay, It was an unfortunate thing that got leaked to the internet and people were saying, well, they didn't fire JV Woods and they didn't fire Paige at the time. How come they're not fire? Or how come they had to fire Mandy Rose? It's a different situation. It's a different situation altogether. They weren't charging people to watch it. Right. It was right. supposed to be between the three of them for the three of them. Okay. Right. And if, right. so and honestly, if you're an adult who's hearing us right now, who doesn't understand that point, we're like, I got nothing else for you, man. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I guess now, I mean, like what I was saying earlier, basically, I just, there's an inconsistency with 
how they do things on TV and them calling themselves a kid show. Right? Uh, mm. Now. Yeah. Because, I mean, look, they're not, they're not mean, even TV. Are they? Are they? Because they're TV PG. Are they TV 14 or are they TV PG? I uh, think they're TV 14 now. Yeah, I think I think one of the shows is indeed. Yeah, For, they uh, never went full TV MA again, but I think they are TV 14 now. Okay, because, well then, uh, okay, because I was thinking they were still TV PG, because there was, there was some discussion. Well, even when they were TV PG, they were pushing TV 14 and beyond. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? And it's just... Um, but that's just more of a commentary, like uh, DJ was saying, on just everything... That's I see that stuff on Arrow. I see that stuff on F- the Flash, like we, GJ was saying on CW shows, man. Never mind, like what we got going on on HBO. But yeah. yeah, but yeah, and and I think that's unfortunately that is the clear line. It's like you're once you cross the line into anything that any adult would consider pornography, then we're having right. a different discussion. Well, let's let's compare it this way. If we're talking about what they put on TV versus, you know, what we're trying to the picture we're trying to paint. WWE has had some racy moments. The last 10 years have not been so bad. They have managed to find the line and not step too far over it. WWE is not Game of Thrones. Okay, and if you've watched Game of Thrones, you know how intense and I'm just throwing Game of Thrones out there. One of many shows that do go into there and go go into that territory. WWE doesn't go into that territory. The closest we ever came aside from the Katie Vick thing was the edge and Lita simulated sex on raw. And even, you know, even Vince will admit that that was a bridge too far for, for live TV. Yeah, that that was, that was bad. (laughs) That was terrible. And it was terrible. And they rightfully took the heat for it. But we're talking about, again, a scripted TV show, and this was a scripted thing. We're talking about a woman actually engaging in sexual behavior, you know, that she is charging people to view. And again, I don't have a problem with it, but when I look at it from the company's aspect, they've got to look at this and say, no, we can't. We have to distance ourselves from this. Yeah, it sucks. because It stinks. The whole situation stinks because Mandy Rose really worked her ass off not only, you know, obviously creating this character that, you know, drove horny men crazy, you know, let's be realistic here, but she, we've commented on her ring work on this show several times over the last few months, how it has improved. She put the pieces together to become a, a good professional wrestler slash sports entertainer, and she's a long way from where she was two to five years ago. Um, they spent the last year turning her into just this super character she was one of the highlights of all the nxt shows that i went to you know on the loop here at the house shows and and now it's gone it's gone you know because she had to do whatever it is that she felt she had to do and the company did what they felt like was best for them um the the ones that i feel the most i'm worried the most about right now are the other two members of toxic attraction you know, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane, what happens to them moving forward? Because they built their entire persona around Mandy Rose. Like, obviously, they, they've come into their own as a tag team and, and you know, they've created in, interesting characters. But those characters were woven into Mandy Rose storyline. I'm a little worried right now what happens with those two girls. 
I think mm-hmm. you can get away with like the punky, hot, mean girls kind of deal that they have going on. Um, I think he, they can get away with it as a tag team for a little while, while you know the writers and the bookers and everybody kind of gets gets these new ducks in a row because I'm sure. It seems like Mandy's uh, departure was very sudden, so I don't know how much they have known. So there's going to be, it might be a few shuffling of the deck, deck chairs on the old Titanic here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think they'll be okay in the, the short term, but yeah, there's there's got to be a plan and a direction for them pretty quickly. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, because the biggest thing is... Um, you know, two thirds of the audience doesn't know who they are when they come up, and you you're much better off giving people a hook or some type of tether when they come up to the main roster rather than just you know throw them out there. Because um, mm-hmm. like even Johnny Gargano when he when he showed up they put him with Theory, right? Yeah. Uh, that was the first thing he did was with Austin Theory, and because and even if you don't know their history together in NXT, by now Austin Theory has been on your television for over a year, and you know who he is. And there's good chemistry right. between the two of them. Right, and so it was, totally. and so that was important, right? Um, you know, Dexter Loomis, they had him going after the Miz, right? So they gave him somebody on the roster that you know that they put him with, you know, to do something with, and then they incorporated Johnny. Uh, it, it's Look, because everybody's not, you know, there's only one Bianca Belair who you can just say, hey, she's here, right? Yeah. Um, you know, you can't. I well, mean, even, they, no, I mean, even then, they, they slaughtered her with the Street Profits. That's true. You're right. Uh, that's true. Yeah. They tethered her to the Street Profits. Yeah. So, but, and right now, so they, they don't have that now. Because, um, you know, it would have been very easy you know, because look, you could have either brought them up first, and then Mandy comes in later as like a big reveal, or you could bring Mandy up first, and then they come in to you know to help her out with something. You could have done that, right? It, it would have been very easy to do for them to get you know to get them acquainted. Now they kind of just when they go up there, they're just I mean they don't have because even look even if you have them you know jump somebody or something, it's still they're not attached to anything now and. It's very difficult to get somebody over on the main roster from NXT if they're not attached to somebody, to something that people already know. Yeah. Uh, it's it's very difficult. And, or, or you, and because, you know, Kevin Owens, what do you do? First night he came out, he challenged John Cena, right? <laughs> And now Kevin has the stature that he could do that and not look less than, right? Um, if, but I don't think that in this case, I don't think it would work with them if they came out and challenged, I don't know, um, whatever, whoever, right? I mean, well, part I, of the problem is there's no credible tag team. I mean, you've obviously you've got EO and Dakota, but, but they're, they're not going to come out night one. I mean, and damn sure not going to come out if Mandy Rose isn't part of the equation. They're not going to come out and challenge damage control on night one. Right. And then also, I mean, people are still getting no EO in Dakota for that matter. I mean, and yeah. And look, that's been a hindrance to that whole program, you know, because we've talked about before about how some people just aren't feeling it. 
And I think one of the reasons is that you have these two people that they don't know. Yeah. Yeah. We know EO and Dakota. We love EO and Dakota. Right. But if you're, if you didn't watch NXT, you don't know who they are. And so it, it doesn't really, it wouldn't do them any good to come out and challenge EO and Dakota because, you know, people are still just getting to know EO and Dakota and, and, you know, it, it just wouldn't work. Yeah. And, um, so, yeah, I mean, there's reason to be concerned because they, they need to be connected to somebody come and they need to be connected to somebody when they arrive. Mandy was the obvious choice. Um, so now, you know, there are some people suggesting, well, since, you know, Sonya did appear with them on NXT a couple of times and everybody knows Sonya and Mandy are real life best friends and all that type of stuff. Um, to just have them come out, you know, put them with Sonya. Um, I guess not a problem with that is Sonya's basically a jobber. Yeah. But I mean, she goes out there, she gets beat. Um, yeah. and so what good is that to, what, what good is that? Right. I mean, um, so I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, and look at that, I mean, I know we're, we're being all gloom and doom here about them, but this is a major, I mean, this, yeah, this was a major blow here to them as far as their introduction to the main roster, potentially. Yeah. So, and so now I guess it comes down to, well, what exactly were they, you know, what were, you know, what is what, what was Triple H's projection of them on the main roster, first of all? Um, because if, if, he's, if he was projecting them as a big deal, then you need to find somebody else to put them with who was already a big deal. Um, because, but, and, but if he, if they were just projected as, you know, somebody to, some two people to fill out the roster, then that's a different story. Um, but right now, yeah, I mean, they're going to, yeah. Rob. Yes. Just just say it. I suggest say your idea. Okay. I suggested this. Stop dancing around and just get it out there. I suggested this in our chat. That you put them with the 13 time women's champion because two reasons. One is real simple. They lost their ride to the main roster and they need another one. And the 13 time women's champion is in a, in a, in a world now where there's, there are more people that where there's Bianca Belair, there's Rhea Ripley, Oscar's still there. Becky is still there. There's legitimate uh, threats to her. her and throne. then, and you, I mean, there's easier story that you know it, it's getting more difficult out there now. So, yeah. you know, whereas she was content to just do things on her own, now maybe it's time to get a little help. And you know, and Ronda's still there, right? Um, so to me, that could go, that could that could work if you want to do that. And also putting her, putting them with her, you know, they. It, they can come up there and immediately start winning stuff and it, it would be credible. It would be believable because yeah. they're with, they're with the 13 time women's champion. Whereas if you put them with Sonya, Sonya's a jobber. Yeah. Right. Um, and just like, I mean, they put damage, they put EO and Dakota with Bailey because why? Because Bailey's won a bunch of titles. Bailey's Bailey's won a bunch of stuff, right? It's believable coming up there with Bailey and then winning things. Right. Um, yeah. I, come on. I teased Rob about being, you know, about, you know, come on, just say it. Get, get the queen. Give the queen her shine. Come on. Let's go. Let's get it out there. <sighs> but at the same time, the picture that Rob's painting would be a lot of fun because the queen has never had a like 
She's been in a faction. She's been in the, what was the, her and Becky and Paige, TCB. Yeah, or the submission yeah. sisters. Uh, it, was, well, it, was, it was TCB. It was TCB. <laughs> you know, do the other. We, we should have done a Google search on that one first. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, so she's been in like a group, but she's never really had goons. And I think that would be just delightful because, I mean, obviously the four horsemen weren't Rick's goons, but he was very clearly the leader. Um, right. And I think you could get in a, into a similar situation with, well, just how they were with Mandy. Uh, and it's only a side, it's a, it's a sideways jump in terms of gimmick because, okay, we're, we're better than you and we're prettier than you and blah, blah, blah. Okay. It's kind of the same deal. Um, we have more money than you. We're this, that, we're the other thing. Um, so I feel like you, you're, you're, this could be a lot of fun. Um, and it would give them the credibility instantaneously that they would need. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, I joke about you putting her over, but it's a great idea. Yeah. I mean, and that is like, I said, if, if you want them to do, if you're intention is there for them to be a big deal as a tag team then now you need you need them to put them with somebody who will instant who will make them a big deal you know upon arrival and right now i mean because you know becky's not working heel anymore so honestly um put it this way i want i want them with charlotte because it'll put them on my television more yeah True. Any any Gigi Dolan on my TV is a good TV day for me. Gigi Dolan and JC Jane, more more Mortal Kombat and more Gigi Dolan and more JC Jane. Yeah, that's just a re- recipe for success right there. That's a rest for, recipe for me to watch. Yeah, and um, and it's just yeah. I mean, so again, if they're you know again, if if they're if they're serious about making them a big deal, then I think. Since Manny's not there, that's what you do. And again, the, the, to me, the story is real simple. It's, hey, we lost our ride. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, yeah. you know, Pick us up. Yeah. Um, and, you know, real simple. Because um, that's, that's basically what happened. I mean, yeah. <laughs> nah. Good life, baby. That's, I, in summarizing this whole thing, I, I think personally, I think it stinks. Um, I, I hate to see what was probably one of the best career turnarounds of the last 12 to 24 months absolutely get just deep sixed by this whole scandal. Um, there's an argument to be made that WWE picks and chooses its moral high grounds. You could also, I could counter argue it for another hour. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Um, I hope maybe somewhere down the line they figure this out. You know, I was talking briefly with Greg DeMarco, the boss here earlier today. And you know, he made a good point. He's like, look, you know, look at Zelina Vega. He's like, Zelina left because of the whole, you know, OnlyFans thing and whatever she had going on with her cosplays. He's like, and now she comes back. She came back. She's like, at the end of, he's like, at the end of the day, everybody comes back. But I think the, uh, the, the situation with Zelina was a little bit different. Because I don't doing... think she was posting anything overly salacious. No. She was just no. doing sexy cosplay. Yeah. Yeah. It, anything she posted on her OnlyFans, she probably could have got away posting on her Instagram, too. Yeah. Like no, no moderator would have taken it down. And yeah, there you go. That's the line. Again, not something I followed, not something I paid for, but my understanding was that it was just her cosplay stuff. Yeah, and that, and that was it. And um, but this, I mean, this does kind of get to the kind of last 
part of this here is that over the years, several of the women wrestlers have have engaged in various kind of side hustles because they don't get paid the same as the men. Yeah, the pay gap is still real, folks. And look, and mm-hmm. and and look now, and when you do the math on this thing with Mandy, it is very possible. So I think from what I saw, the subscription to this thing was like fifty bucks. Um, yeah, you do the math. You know, if if it is that, I don't. If it is indeed that much, I mean, it doesn't. Because in fact, I I did some math earlier. If you do, if if you do, if it is indeed fifty dollars, and you have five hundred subscribers, which is not unreasonable for somebody who was on TV every week, you know, and for the World Wrestling Federation, right? Um, it's twenty five thousand a month. And then times twelve is three hundred thousand dollars, and it is very likely that that is close or maybe might even be more than she's making i saw some posts where people suggested she made more off of that website than she was being paid by wwe and that and we said that's that's with 500 subscribers which is which is a low number that's a low ball dude i can promise you she's got double that easily so yeah so if you double that that's six hundred thousand dollars and six hundred thousand (laughs) dollars is definitely more than she's getting paid from wwe yeah Uh, and guys in the last Two days is the thing still up? Because oh, in shit. the last two days, I bet she gained a couple million or something like that. Not, I mean, maybe that might be a little much, but if the thing's still up, and because yeah. I haven't gone to look for it, it like is. She guys, posted but. an update today. Said, uh, you know, thank you for everything. The website's still up. Yeah. So if she wow. has a th- if she has a thousand, so I'm sure she gained a lot today. Oh, she probably doubled her income overnight. Yeah. Yeah. So, so easily doubled her and income. Good for overnight. her. God bless. Yeah. Well, like I said, I, I as a as a everything else removed, I support it. Yeah, go you for know, it, man. Everything else support everything else aside, I support her doing whatever she feels is necessary and she feels is appropriate for her. If you're making money at it, honey, go get it. Yeah, and yep. um, because again, over the years, I mean, there've been several situations where, um, like uh, there've been women, you know in the divas era that basically they quit like Kelly, Kelly, she just quit. Cause she, you know, she made more money doing calendars and posters yeah. and whatnot. And you know, she would made more money doing that. Then am I going to get out here and bump and beat my body up when I can pose? And yeah, it's yeah, a no brainer. It's, it's like the, the rock and Cena going to Hollywood, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so it's just, I mean, and we're still in a situation now where, again, some of the various women there and not, you know, are doing side hustles, basically. I mean, you know, I mean, Sasha's doing the CBD oil stuff and look, she uses the product. And so, I mean, and all, but still, I mean, she's obviously I mean, she's doing that because there's some money to be made up that she wasn't getting from WWE. All right. Well, and and the, the rule of money is, you know, the, the more streams of revenue you have, the more you're going to make. You know, your right. your your multimillionaires and billionaires don't have their money coming from one source. It's coming from multiple streams. Right. And then I guess what I'm saying here is that the difference is in this case, in the case with a lot of the women wrestlers, they're not doing it to make extra money. No, they're, they're making just, it to make livable money. They're doing it to make up the gap between what they're getting paid and what they should be getting paid. Right. right. Um, and that's the difference. 
Um, and it's been going on for a very long time. You know, um, and you need to pay them more. And and how much more? I mean, just I mean, it, more than they're getting. I mean, I mean, like I mean, again, if there's something they just want to do, and it happens to make pay, pay them some good money, and that's fine. But they're doing they're they're doing the women who are doing these side hustles are doing it because again, there, there's money they're not there's money they should be making from WWE that they're not making. Right. And because they, because and because they're not because they're not being paid properly, because um, whenever whenever those little reports about you know top ten salaries or whatever, even though you can't really trust the numbers that the people are quoting, um, the, those top tens are always they're all ten of them are men all the time, and you'll even see names on there and like and look I, look I, I'm a huge Dolph Ziggler fan okay, um, but. Dolph Ziggler shouldn't be making at this point in time. Dolph Ziggler should not be getting paid more than Sasha Banks and Charlotte Flair. No, 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 it really shouldn't. Okay, yeah, he shouldn't. Nope. I mean, so and and I'm not saying cut Dolph's salary. I'm saying you should give him a raise. Um, right. I mean, but that's where we are, right? I mean, and so and look, maybe Mandy does this anyway. Even if, look, maybe if Mandy is making. You know, if Mandy could be making Roman Reigns money and just want to do this, and that's very possible, right? Um, and that's a whole different thing. But I'm again, we're speculating, but I imagine that she saw that there was money to be made doing this, and also the fact that you know she's not getting paid from WWE what she should be getting paid, well, uh, or, or not, what should, or what she should have been getting nothing. paid. Not for nothing, DJ. You mentioned it, like. She is one of the most improved wrestlers of the last 12 to 24 months. Well, that took a lot of bumping. That took yeah. a lot of, you know, sweat and a lot of reps and a lot of hitting the ropes and a lot of whatever. And now she's getting this money from this, from this stuff. Hell yeah. Maybe she looked at this and was like, no, I didn't grow up watching Bret Hart when I was a little girl. Like, I don't don't want to do this forever. Right. Um, so, you know, hey, I'm man, a fucking walking smoke show of a woman yeah it, and i'm it, going to make my money at that and and again and no problem with it but if, if as, WWE in, in was the confines the of wwe go ahead jason i'm sorry that's all right i mean if wwe was the springboard to get you there and got you there god bless and like have a good time yeah uh, all right i don't think we can really run anything more out of that guys yeah, I mean, there's a lot more I could say, but it's all irrelevant because, like I said, we're only talking about what information we have versus what actually happened here. Yeah, and yeah, there's a lot of podcasts. Every pod, every person with a microphone in front of their face this week is going to be talking about this shit, and everybody's going to have their own shit takes. We had our own shit takes, and I'm sure there's somebody that will listen to us and go, "God, that was a shit take," and whatever. You know, yep. <laughs> I'm not worried about it. We're only speaking on what we've been told. I'll let everybody else talk themselves into a shoot. Yeah, I guess for me, just as a, a watcher of the television show, I just I wish that you know that the title reign had gotten a better ending. Um, and that, that's a whole discussion that we can either have on another day or yeah, just because uh, like I said, yeah, there, there's a lot of again a lot of different ways you can look at that. Yeah, and that's, and that's you know I guess that's you know, that's just one of my points of contention that. Um, WWE could have handled it better. 
I would, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I wish that because again, they they devoted so much time and energy into creating this this story with her and all of that. And as again, as a watcher of the television show and as somebody who writes stuff, I wanted a a better ending um, yeah. on on screen than what we got. And it it sucks that we didn't get that. And it sucks for look, it sucks for Roxanne that her you know. No, look, she's she's over the moon right now because she's been wanting to, to do this forever. So oh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell her if she should be sad or whatever. But it's still, I mean, it's not the beginning of a thing that you know that you I would wish for her either. Right, it's a bit tainted, and there's an asterisk behind it. But. Yeah, and um, because now, well, because I think well they they're taping they tape the the next two episodes of TV, so now. You know, you're coming back kind of cold after a few episode taped episodes of TV. You're coming back cold in January, and now she's got to pick up and you know start something there. And we'll see how it goes, but I think it it, it does it is kind of a, an obstacle. I think. Um, yeah. Well, trial by fire. We'll see how she runs with it. Yeah. Let's see how let's see how NXT course corrects. And let's see how Roxanne runs with the ball here. I mean, luckily, as we've talked about, this is kind of a dead spot in the calendar. So you do have a little bit of time before the rumble. I mean, because they don't run exactly to the WWE calendar, but they basically, they're on the rumble and WrestleMania schedule as well. Um, So you can course correct and get everybody kind of comfortable in place um, by the rumble and certainly by Mania weekend. So okay. in the ebbs and flows of NXT, this will certainly be an ebb, but at least probably just for the women's division. And they'll course correct in no time because they'll bounce back. Ev- yeah. yeah, everybody's just kind of arriving. So, yeah, it's all good. All right, gentlemen, let's call the go home there. Wrap back around the room and say my thank yous to my co-host, Jason, sir. Good night tonight. Welcome back from awesome vacation. Night. Yeah, this was a good this was good stuff, man. Yeah. All right. And from the Rob the Genius podcast, Mr. Rob, good stuff tonight. Yeah, absolutely, man. All right. And as always, I'm your host, DJ. This is the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. Remember, you can call it pro wrestling. You can call it sports entertainment. You can call it whatever you want, but call it in the ring. And we're out of here until next week. <laughs>